0: was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. We greet you today in the grace, peace, joy, and love of God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Love to the family. Thank God for his love that we can share with one another. I'm Dr. D.Z. Kofiel, senior pastor here at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. And can I tell you something? The devil is busy. The devil is busy but God is still on the throne and we can rejoice in that. Listen, I hope and pray that you are ready for God to speak to you in a powerful way, to speak to you in a way that if you do not know the Lord, you would come to know him. And if you know the Lord, that the Holy Spirit would use today's message to help you grow in him. Now remember, you're not watching to make us a big church to make me a big preacher. I am here to help you become the biggest and best Christian you can possibly be, and I want to thank you for the privilege of your time. Like us, share us with family members and friends. Let them know there's never been a better time for hope, all right? Listen, our scripture reading today comes from Psalm 146, Psalm 146, beginning at verse 1. Here is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down the lord loves the righteous the lord watches over the sojourners he upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin verse 10 says the lord will reign forever your god o zion to all generations praise the lord i've read for you psalm 146 verses 1 through 10 this is the word of the Lord. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we thank you and we bless you for another opportunity that you are giving us, another expression of your grace, mercy, and love to worship you, uh, to focus our mind, focus our attention around this necessary act of acknowledging who you are and recognizing who we are. Now, God, I pray that the songs that are sung, I pray that the word that is preached, I pray that the prayers that are prayed, and I pray that all the Holy Spirit does today would glorify you and edify your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Elder Taylor and the praise team are going to minister in song. And I hope and pray that you are ready. I mean, I hope and pray you are ready for real to give God some praise on this day. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's give him the glory and honor he so richly deserves.
1: Lord, we love you today. You're God and you're in control. And we just want to give you some glory and give you honor. Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, put your hands together. Mm-hmm. You are God and you're in control. Seated high, you are Lord of all. Great I am, sovereign ruler, Lion of Judah, you are. Yeah. And you're in control Seated high, Seated high. You alone you Great I am Sovereign Chauvin-Boo. who Lying of you Lying of you You are You are God Things will change, Things will change when, we when we call On thy name On thy name Great Jehovah <laughs> Things will change Things will change When we call on thy name, great Jehovah. Things will change when we call on thy name, great Jehovah. Things will change when we call on thy name, great Jehovah. Let's do that again. Say you are God, you are God and you're in and control, in control. Seated, high, seated high. You are Lord. You Lord Great, I am, Great I am, sovereign, sovereign ruler, rule lion of Judah. You, you are God. Yeah, things will change, things will change. when we call. When we call, when we call on, thy name, on thy name, great Jehovah Things will change, things will change when, we when we call on thy name, on thy name great Jehovah To the King of kings and the Lord
2: Come on, right where you are. Come on, just open your mouth and give our great God a great praise. He is worthy. Father, we won't stop praising you. We won't stop worshiping you. Every chance we get, we'll lift our hands and we'll declare your greatness. You are a great God and you're worthy of our worship. Worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. So here's my worship. Take joy in it make it your dwelling place I want to put a smile on your face I present my heart to you I present my life to you Oh, oh, oh. everybody lift this praise with me. So here's my worship. Take joy. Make it your dwelling place. I want to put a smile. Lord, I present my my heart to you. Lord, I present my life to you. Is my worship take joy yeah. making your dwelling place? I wanna put a smile on your face, Lord. I present my heart, Lord. And I present my life to you. Come on one more time. Say here's my worship saying. Take joy, yeah, making your dwelling place. I wanna put a smile on your face, Lord. I give you my heart, Lord. I present my life to you. Come on, say this with me. Say, here's my worship. Smile. Here's my, life, Lord. here's my life, Lord. I want to make you. So here's my worship. Smile. Here is my life, Lord. Say, oh. Here's my worship, Lord. Smile. I give you my life, Lord. I want to make you say, oh, here's my worship. Smile. Here's my life, Lord. Yeah. Does anybody want to make a smile today? Come on, open your mouth, lift your hands and bless the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Everybody say smile I want to make you smile Does anybody want to make you smile today? Hallelujah Everybody say smile I want to make you 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 smile. Come on, say this with me, y'all. Say better is one day in your house. One day in your courts. Better is one day in your house with thousands elsewhere. Better is one day in your house. One day in your courts. One day in your house thousands elsewhere Better is one day Better is one day Better is one day yeah Better is one 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 day there is one day in your house, one day in your court. There is one day in your house, the thousands elsewhere. There is one day in your house, one day in your court. There is one day in your house, the thousands elsewhere. Come on, somebody lift your hands and say, oh oh, 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 let me make you smile. Let me make you smile. Sing it again. And say, oh 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 oh, 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 let me make you smile. Well, let's do our three parts right here. Come on. Say oh, 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 oh. oh let, me let me make you smile I wanna make you smile sing it one more time say oh oh, 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 oh. let me make you smile. I wanna make you smile I want to make you smile. That's what I want to do, Jesus. I want to make you smile. I want to make, make, make you smile. Smile on my worship. Smile on my praise. Smile on my life, God. I want to make, make you smile. Somebody open your mouth and worship Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah oh, bless, bless your you name, God. Jesus,
3: worthy,
2: hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah, I present my yes, God. heart to you, yes, God. I present my life to you, everybody say Alleluia. I present my heart to you. Oh, Lord. I present my, my life, life, life to you.
0: I present myself to you. Uh, the title of that song is a real simple title, right? Smile. Uh, and I believe part of the genius of the title is... The fact that when you give yourself to the Lord, uh, that's the place where you find ultimate fulfillment for your life and for your living. When when you present yourself to God, when you give yourself to God, you you in essence are finding the place, that's your sweet spot because that's where you not only will find God, that's where you will find the best in terms of who you are as well amen thank you elder thank you praise team for allowing the lord to use you and somebody in the chat man, put some encouraging words in there to elder taylor and and the praise team they, they have been so faithful uh, in the midst of this pandemic uh, but even before the pandemic man I'm, I'm just grateful to god for uh the dedication of these men and these women and lifting up their voices in song and helping facilitate worship in our lives as well. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Bless your word as it goes forth that everything that we say and do would be pleasing in your sight and would edify your people. We ask you to bless as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word serve? Uh, If you're like me, you you probably think first about a waiter or a waitress or somebody whose occupation it is to serve to make things available or accessible to somebody else, right? What's interesting is when, when we hear the word serve, we typically don't think first about us serving we think about somebody else serving and we normally think of it in the context of people people serving people people serving us maybe you serving somebody else but today i want to change your frame of reference if you would allow me today i want to challenge you to to broaden the perspective that you have on serving or redirect your attention from, listen carefully, thinking about somebody who is a server professionally and think about how God expects you to be a server passionately. You see, God wants you to find the ultimate fulfillment in your life, and you cannot find that ultimate fulfillment in the Lord until you get to a place where you recognize whose you are, and what God expects from you. Today we're going to continue our look into Romans chapter 12. Uh, I've been sharing with you over the last several weeks uh, being a believer every day. That's kind of been our overarching theme, being a believer every day, that being a believer is more than just a Sunday morning activity. There were many Christians over the last year, and some still struggling, as to how to define their faith because the overwhelming majority of their faith was defined by coming to a building or space. And they didn't understand that we come to the building, we come to the space in order to be equipped and empowered to be salt and light every day of our lives. Today, I want to focus specifically on this subject, using your God-given gifts to serve others. Using your God-given gifts to serve others. In the midst of being a believer every day, God expects you to use your spiritual gifts in order to serve others. Our foundational text is Romans chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse 6. We'll see how far we get in this journey on today. Now, the text teaches us that the Christian life, Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 1 and 2, uh, challenges us to recognize the love of God that has been shown to us, and in response to God's love for us, we are to respond By not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Now, remember, Paul is talking to Christians. He's talking to people who know the Lord. And so he's challenging us on, I believe, what it can mean to practice or experience next-level living. And I'm here to tell you that next-level living requires next-level commitment. You you cannot get to the next level in your walk with God if you're continuing to do the same things that you've always done. Next-level living requires next-level commitment, and the commitment doesn't have to be made by God. The commitment needs to be made by you. Now, when we get to verse 3, Paul makes a shift from how you see yourself in relationship with God to now how you see yourself in relationship with other people. But when he gets to verse 6, he's talking about now how do you use your God-given gifts in order to serve others. Let me share with you just a couple of things. Number one, you must recognize God has given you gifts by grace. You must recognize God has given you gifts by grace. Verse 6, the A part of Romans chapter 12, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Uh, It's important to recognize not only that you have been given gifts, but that these gifts have been given by the grace of God. The word gift there, uh Charisma is the same word uh root that we get the word grace from. Uh, and it really identifies a very special God-given ability that is deposited in the believer at the point of the new birth. Uh, it it is something that God deposits in you and listen carefully. It is never for selfish or personal gain. The spiritual gift that is given to you is always given to you in order to upbuild the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can fulfill its potential. God has a special work for you. God has a special task for you. And because of that, God has deposited a special gift in you and it's by his grace. Listen to me carefully. We live in an era where we worship and idolize celebrities. And the problem is, in many churches, that celebrity worship mentality has focused in, and so now we have turned servants into celebrities. And we measure whether or not we are a successful saint by the same standards by which sinners decide who's successful in the world by what you drive, by what you wear, by where you live, all of those creature comforts. And we have taken that standard for success that the world uses and now have transferred it into the church and just added in Jesus' name. When the truth of the matter is, everything that we have been given in terms of the spiritual gift that God has given to us is by the grace of God, you have no room to walk in and look down upon anybody else because their gift is not your gift or their gift, if it is the same gift, may not be as developed as your gift because all of our gifts have been given by the grace of God. Undeserved, unmerited, there's nothing that you did to deserve it. It was by his grace. It is a grace gift. And one of the things we have to work on in the body of Christ is this tendency to get beside ourselves and our failure to consistently remind ourselves that who we are and what we are and what we have is by the grace of God. Now, somebody may ask the question, well, why do you think we have to consistently remind ourselves of that? Because our flesh is consistently trying to get beside itself. And because our flesh is constantly trying to rise up, we've got to constantly make sure that we check our flesh and keep our flesh in line. Here's the second thing. Number two, you must use the gifts God has given you. You must use the gifts God has given you. It's very simple. It's right here in the text. Look at the B part of verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's a real simple phrase. Straightforward, to the point. Let us use them. Most scholars agree that there are around 18 spiritual gifts identified in the Bible. Some would go as high as 21, maybe 22, but most agree that there are at least 18 spiritual gifts identified in the Bible. Now, what's interesting is in Romans chapter 12, Paul doesn't mention all of the gifts. He identifies seven gifts. And I think for me, as I look at these gifts, what I understand is that Paul is identifying the gifts that in a very real sense are a necessity for the church of Jesus Christ to be all that God wants it to be. That if these are the seven gifts that we see practice in our churches, that we are well on our way. Now there's one that is conspicuously absent in this list, but when I look at these seven, I see seven gifts that clearly can function in the body of Christ today, that does not and is not intended to bring glory to ourselves, but they are intended to bring glory to God. Now, one of the things about this idea of using your gift that I think is very important is that every believer needs to understand inactivity fosters immaturity. Inactivity fosters immaturity. In other words, When you do not activate the gift God has given you, you fuel spiritual immaturity in your own life. And immaturity in a specific believer becomes an infirmity to the church specifically and the body of Christ in general. In other words, the church can't be what God wants it to be if every gift is not activated. We've been blessed over this last year and thank God for our missions and outreach team and our staff, our administrative staff um, that have worked hard. And and I've told you in the past, we distributed over a million pounds of food over the last year, over a million pounds of food we've been able to distribute. Now, here's what I was thinking, man, that's something worth celebrating. I mean, praise God that God has allowed us to bless that many people. But, but I began to think to myself, how many more people could we have blessed if more people activated their specific spiritual gift? If more people who had the gift of exhortation, if more people who had the gift of giving, if more people who had the gift of teaching, if more people actually exercised their gift, How many more people would have been motivated? How many more people would have been activated? And how many more people could we have served? Could we have possibly distribute a million and a half pounds of food? Two million pounds of food? 10 million pounds of food? I mean, how much more could we have done? If you, you who are watching, activated your spiritual gift. Let Let me roll through these seven very quickly, and then I'm going to move on. Um, First, Paul talks about the gift of prophecy. In the Old Testament, the gift of prophecy was the gift to proclaim and explain the will of God. Uh, It was more about foretelling than it was about foretelling. Proclamations would deal with past, present, but they would also deal with future. But when Paul talks about the gift of prophecy, he is seen proclaiming what has taken place in the lord jesus christ and what will be revealed in the future when christ comes right this is not extra biblical divine revelation this is now us proclaiming jesus christ and foretelling of his imminent return it's that gift of prophecy that that helps the body of christ function in a way that edifies, exhorts, and comforts people with the saving message of Jesus Christ. Uh, He talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Strengthens them, encourages them, and comforts them. And as prophets, we proclaim, the living Christ, and the written Christ. The living Word of God, Jesus Christ, and the written Word of God, the Bible. Uh, B talks about the gift of ministry. The gift of ministry. This gift is, is really the gift of, of serving. Uh, and, and it's a special ability to serve, to, to aid, to give help, to assist. Uh, you've, you've probably been around people who just seem to really enjoy serving, who really have the gift of serving, and the spiritual gift of serving is when you serve in the name of Jesus, right? Now, there's some people that may serve, but, but they are reluctant servers. Uh, they, they, they grudgingly serve, and, and you don't want to even be served by somebody who is grudgingly serving, right? You, you want to be served by somebody who really enjoys it. And, and the gift of ministry is, is that gift of, of serving and sharing and helping and assisting that is a blessing to the body of Christ. Um, see, Paul talks about the gift of teaching, the gift of teaching. The gift of teaching is not only the ability to explain, uh, but... It's also the ability to inform with the goal of producing life transformation. Uh, You you want to help ground people in the truth. The the Word of God not only should be proclaimed by those who have the gift of prophecy, but it should be explained by those who have the gift of So that idea of the dissemination of information to produce life transformation. Uh, The late Vernon Johns, pastor of the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama, said the problem with many churches is that uh, we are excited by the preaching, but we don't leave church with an assignment. And you have heard people say we are over-preached and under-taught, as a people and i believe this gift of teaching is something that we must highlight something that we must celebrate something that we should put at the forefront of what we do that's what matthew twenty-eight twenty refers to when it says teach these new disciples to obey all the commands i have given you and be sure of this i am with you always even to the end of the age Uh, D is the gift of exhortation, the gift of exhortation. I think this is an interesting gift because uh, the gift of exhortation uh, literally is the gift to motivate, uh, the gift to exhort, uh, the gift to encourage. Uh, It's a gift that arouses people to get up and get busy about fulfilling what they have been called to do. Uh, you have probably been around some people or know some people or have observed some people who are tremendous motivators, and, and, and they can sell ice to an Eskimo, right? Tremendous, tremendous motivators. Uh, sometimes when we think of it in its extreme uh, kind of flim-flam way, you know, we, we'll, we'll talk about somebody selling, sounding like a used car salesman, right? where they're just trying to sell you something, sell you something. Well, but the body of Christ, uh, the Bible says there's a spiritual gift of exhortation, uh, of of the gifting that the Holy Spirit gives to exhort, arouse, and motivate people to be the best that they can be for Jesus Christ. And and there are people that, that have that gift, and God says that's a necessary gift for the body, it, it's it's a it's a message that when you hear it, or words when you hear them, make you feel like you can run through a brick wall, right? Uh, e, interesting gift, the gift of giving, the gift of giving. Uh, the B part of verse eight, Romans 12 says, the one who contributes in generosity. Uh, th- this this refers to the giving of earthly possessions, but but the spiritual gift of giving uh, distinguishes this believer. Now, all of us are commanded to give, but there are some for whom giving becomes easier because they have been endowed with that spiritual gift. So they give extra above and beyond without any conjoling, without having to be asked or to, to be uh, forced to. This is just their spiritual gift. And, and there's some of you who are watching right now, you, you have the spiritual gift of giving. And other people, especially people who are, who are stingy, people who like to hold on to what they have, you know what I mean? Man, you've given all of that, you've given all of that, but for you it's no problem. As a matter of fact, you don't give until it hurts. You give until you feel good knowing that you are obeying what the Spirit of God is telling you to do. Um, there have been times, for example, um, I think this is one of the spiritual gifts that God has given to me. And there have been times, for example, I will leave the house, and I don't typically uh, carry cash with me, but, but God will lead me to put something in my pocket, and, and the Holy Spirit will say, I want you to bless somebody today. Um, I was in Dallas, and I was there, Uh, for an event, and I came uh, out that morning. I had to go to the drugstore, and as I was going to the drugstore, uh, I I could hear the Lord saying into my spirit to bless this person, right? And I left my hotel room. I left the hotel room, put money in my pocket, anticipating that I was going to bless somebody but didn't know who it was. And, And the brother was checking out, and I started to buy his stuff, And the brother was checking out, and and let me tell you what happened. He pulled out a card that had a MasterCard logo on it. And so I went on and checked out because here's what I said in my flesh. Well, that brother don't need a blessing. (laughs) He got a MasterCard. What do you you need a blessing for? In my flesh. And so I paid for my items. I walked out the store. That brother was still in the store. I walked out. Started walking down the block, and man, the Holy Ghost just started whipping on me. Holy Ghost started whipping on me and said, I told you to bless him. told you to bless him. I turned around, and the brother was sitting on a bench outside of the drugstore. And I went back, and I said, hey, man, I said, "Um, you don't know who I am. God just told me to bless you. And the dude's whole countenance changed. And he said to me, he said, man, he said, I I appreciate that. He said, I went in, I just wanted to get something to drink, and I had no money on my card. And, man, I appreciate it. And I was like, wow, okay, God. Uh, God has a way of moving. and, And I want to encourage somebody right now who has that gift of giving. Don't ever quench the Holy Spirit when... The Holy Ghost leads you to give. Because here's what I have learned over the years. When you follow the leading of the Spirit of God in giving, out of the gift of giving, you never miss what you gave. You never miss it. I don't care what the amount, you never miss what you gave. I mean, I've had the Holy Spirit lead me to give, and, and I literally was like, Lord, you sure? Like, that much? Oh, I don't know if that's God. <laughs> like, I'm like... Woo. I have never missed what God has told, him, told me to give to somebody else. So here's what he wants you to do. Learn how to give liberally, learn how to give cheerfully, and learn how to give generously to bless others. That's what 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Here's the last of the gifts that Paul identifies. He talks about the gift of ruling, the gift of ruling. This is literally uh, the gift of leadership, uh, the ability to lead, um, the, the, the ability to manage authority properly. Everybody who has the position to lead doesn't necessarily have the gift of leading. And here's what I submit to you. When you have the gift of leading, leading is a blessing, it's not a burden, and those you are leading are blessed and not burdened by your leadership. When you have the gift of ruling, the gift of leadership, and that spiritual gift is exercised to edify the body of Christ, You recognize that people are not there to serve you. You are there to serve people, and you are there to make them the best that they can possibly be. Oh, here's the final one, the gift of mercy, the gift of mercy. This is a person who is full of forgiveness, compassion, pity, and kindness toward others. Uh, This is a person who forgives, not grudgingly, uh, who forgives, forgetfully in that when they forgive, they don't throw things back up in a person's face. Uh, th- this is a person who, in, in some ways, almost epitomizes the grace and mercy of God. Uh, they, they don't respond in, in anger. They don't respond in a spirit of criticism. They don't walk around with an annoyed spirit. And my brothers and sisters, this, this gift of mercy... If it's ever needed in the church, it is is needed now. Because, listen, in so many churches, um, people feel like they're going into a combat zone. Uh, They they feel like it's it's almost this this place where, you know, I got to fight my way in and fight my way out. And and wouldn't it be a joy, man, if our churches were marked by a spirit of mercy and people with mercy— We're leading the way. Micah 6, 8 says, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Using your spiritual gifts is one of the most significant ways that you allow yourself to be transformed by the Spirit of God. Here's the last thing, and then I'm going to take my seat. You need to recognize and celebrate the gifts God has given to others if you're going to use your gifts to be a blessing to others you have to recognize and celebrate the gifts God has given to others he he says to all of us having gifts that differ verse 6 according to the grace given to us let us use them now Notice it's in the plural. It's not let you use your gift. It's let all of us use our gifts. Now, now this may sound simple, but it's really important. One, don't be so busy trying to highlight your gifts that you don't recognize the giftings in other people. Don't think that when you walk in, you're so gifted with this grace gift, by the way, that other people need to bow and pay homage to you. They need to know who you are and recognize who you are with your grace gift to the point that you don't recognize the grace gifts that have been deposited in others. Paul wants every one of us to know whatever gift we have must be dedicated to God and used for the good of the whole church. And we must learn how to appreciate and celebrate each other's gifts, right? We we are so busy trying to make room for our gifts that we don't recognize and celebrate the gifts of other people. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak the tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Now, this is a rhetorical device that Paul uses frequently in his letters. And basically, here's what Paul is is saying. I'm asking a question that I already know the answer to, and the answer is no. Do all have the gift of healing? No. Do all have and speak in tongues? No. No, I understand. Paul says no. We all have gifts. We don't all have the same gifts. Can we celebrate each other's gifts without feeling like we have to minimize somebody else's gift in order for my gift to be recognized. Verse 7, 1 Corinthians 12 says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given so we can help each other. Listen to me carefully. Spiritual gifts are not, to, are not toys to play with, or weapons to fight with, they are tools to build with. Let me say it again in case you missed it. Spiritual gifts are not toys to be played with, and they are not weapons to fight with, they are tools to build with. True spirituality is not focusing on or having one specific gift. True spirituality is using your gifts to help up Others in the body and help them use their gifts and when you have a problem or a challenge celebrating somebody else's gift or you are so busy wanting them to recognize your gift that you can't recognize their gift can I tell you what you're struggling with I know you're not gonna like it but help me Holy Ghost you're struggling with the sin of envy if somebody else is preaching and I listen to them preaching, people go, "Oh man, boy, that was a great man, boy. He should get preached. Cofield did preach." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he did a great job." But in my spirit, I'm saying, "I should have been up there preaching." That's the sin of envy. Can I celebrate somebody else without feeling like I'm diminishing myself? Can I love you without feeling like I'm hating me? Can I upbuild the body of Christ? Let me share with you three real quick things. You and I need to use whatever gifts we have been blessed with by the grace of God. You and I need to be intimately involved with others so that we will not only minister to them, but we will be ministered to by them. And whatever spiritual gift you have, It has not been given to you to set you apart. It's been given to you to build someone else up. Your spiritual gift has not been given to you to set you apart, to make you a celebrity. It's been given to you to make you a servant, to build somebody else up. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for today. And I pray now that uh, your word has found fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people, that we would be more than just hearers of your word, uh, and we will be doers as well. I bless you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you today. um, First and foremost, if you are watching and you don't know the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to say yes. And for those of you who are watching, please don't tune me out. Uh, If you know the Lord, I want you praying. I want you praying that the Holy Ghost would move right now. Um, we, We have seen hundreds of people's lives changed by this offering on the digital platform. And I want you praying right now. I want you praying, asking God to move as this makes its way across the world into 134 countries. I want you praying that the Holy Ghost would do beyond what we can think, ask, or imagine. If you need the Lord in your life, I want you to click on the button now that says, I want to accept Christ. But how? And we will walk you through how to pray the prayer of salvation to ask the Lord into your life. If you are looking for a church home and you want to become part of our church, Click on the button that says, I want to join the church. And we welcome you to join us on the digital platform. Uh, We're planning a soft opening uh, at the end of June, the last Sunday in June. And we've been doing some things, parking lot praise, and and we did an opening with our leaders just running through our protocols and it was very, very helpful. And for those of you who may feel like you wanna come back to the sanctuary, you want to come worship with us in person, Um, if you will go online and register, uh, we're going to limit the number of people to about 30, 35% of our sanctuary capacity. Um, But we welcome you to come if you'd like to come and share with us. And, you know, we're hoping and praying. You know, it took so much for us to get used to the digital platform. Now we're trying to figure out how to get used to this hybrid model. Um, So keep us in your prayers, but we'll continue to do what we're doing on the digital platform as we move forward. Uh, In terms of worshiping the Lord and giving, there are six different ways that you can give on the digital platform online. We want to make the opportunity to give as convenient as possible. Um, And for those of you who have that gift of giving, I certainly want to encourage you to exercise that gift uh, however the Lord leads you to do that. uh, To give as God has blessed you, to give as God has prospered you, and to remember God loves uh, a cheerful giver. Um, And and God has so many ways to work to allow you to be used by Him. I've told you stories in the past of of how God has used and and moved on me to give and, and some of the things that have come out of that giving. And I'm sure you have testimonies as well. Matter of fact, you know what? I would love to hear those testimonies. Uh, If if you have a testimony, man, would you drop us an email? Would you send us an email and and say, you know what? I have a testimony about giving. Uh, Maybe you're watching and you uh, you, want to testify that you, you know, used to give in a certain way and you started giving uh, your tithes and offerings or you started giving and and practicing grace giving and giving and how God has blessed you as a result of your giving and what that change and how you handle your possessions, how that's affected your walk with the Lord. Man, I would love to hear uh, that testimony and have you share it with us. So please, man, please, sir, uh, drop us a note, send us an email, and man, we'll contact you. I'd I'd love to hear your story uh, because the testimonies of the saints are, are so powerful. Um, If you've been blessed by this message, I want to encourage you to sign up to become part of a uh, life group um, that's living in fellowship every day. Um, These are small groups, life groups, cell groups that meet via the digital platform on Zoom, and you get a chance to meet other people and pray with other people and pray for other people, and you don't have to be a member of our church to become part of a life group. Um, All you have to do is express express a desire. And if you express a desire and the will, we welcome you to become part of a life group. And life groups are meeting ongoing uh, all year long. And we'll we'll plug you in and and we'll welcome you into one of our life groups. All right. Last but not least, uh, God is doing something wonderful in me. And God is doing something wonderful in you. And I I pray that you would claim it. If you don't see it, ask God to show you what he's doing in your life to make you and mold you into what he wants you to be so you can ultimately fulfill your potential in him. All right? God bless you is my prayer.
2: Why don't you encourage your brother or sister that may be near you and tell them God is doing something wonderful in you? Oh, God is doing something. God is doing it on the inside. It's doing it on the inside. And it's showing up on the outside. And it's oh up on the outside. something, something awesome, awesome and incredible. And incredible. only he will, he will get the glory. God is doing something wonderful. Incredible and awesome.